Hello and welcome to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. This is your host, Ellie Rome. So are you someone who struggles with food cravings or emotional eating? Are you confused about what actually is healthy for you? Or are you struggling to actually make being healthy work into your life? Then this is the podcast for you. I'm a certified holistic health and weight loss coach and former sugar addict binge eater here to give you practical tools and health tips that you can start implementing now to lose weight, have more energy, and truly transform your relationship with food. Hey, y'all. This is episode five of the Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast with Mindful Belly. Me, your host, Ellie Rome. I'm a certified health coach, and today we're diving into Kick the Sugar Habit, part two. So last episode was part one. In part one, we dove into really why sugar is driving, fueling the obesity epidemic and type two diabetes, and really how sugar affects your body. And not just sugar, but refined carbohydrates that really spike your blood sugar up. So last episode, we learned a lot about the hormonal dysregulation that it causes and that obesity isn't you know, a calorie, calories in equals calories out, really debunking that mantra and that you know, a calorie is not a calorie. A calorie from an almond is different than a calorie from a Coca-Cola. And so learning how that affects the body differently and that obesity is hormonal dysregulation with your insulin and your leptin. So go listen to that episode if you're interested in that. And I'm going to do a quick recap to start us off. But this episode is really going to be about the strategies. How do we break through sugar addiction? What are some steps to help us start becoming fat burners, getting our insulin down and reversing or preventing the chronic metabolic diseases and the other things, the other diseases that sugar drives, heart disease, dementia, polycystic ovarian syndrome, all so many chronic illnesses. Okay. So we're going to dive into that today and yeah, let's go. So to start off with, I'm going to do that quick recap for any of you who just need a refresher or weren't able to see the last episode. So I'm going to share some slides with you. So if you're listening on the podcast, it's totally fine. You don't need the slides. But if you're a visual learner or want to watch this on YouTube, the slides are available there. Okay. So recap. Sugar, when we eat sugar and refined carbs that don't have a lot of fat, fiber, and protein, we get this huge blood sugar spike and it puts us on the blood sugar roller coaster. So our sugar spikes up. And what happens? It's toxic to the body. So our body produces our fat storage hormone called insulin to take the sugar from the blood, pull it down into balance. But when we get these big blood sugar spikes, we get these huge surges of insulin and it pulls our blood sugar way down to the bottom of the roller coaster. That's when we experience the sugar crash, low energy. And then what happens? We crave more sugar and we spike ourselves back up to the blood sugar roller coaster. And all day long, it's energy crashes and cravings. Okay, so then we get these big insulin surges, we'll eventually get to a point where your body starts becoming basically tolerant to the insulin signals, resistant. It's insulin resistance where you're, you have to produce more and more insulin to get the sugar from the blood into your cells. And that's called insulin resistance. And eventually you get to a point where you can't produce enough insulin and that's type two diabetes. That's why people have to start taking injections to get the sugar from the blood and force it into the cells. And as I mentioned, insulin is our fat storage hormone. So insulin is driving the sugar into our fat cells. And 
we're unable to burn it. So when insulin is present, when you're in that insulin resistant state, you've got these chronic high levels of insulin, your body's in this fat storage mode. So you're eating sugar, storing it as fat, not able to burn any of it. And at the same time, there's another hormone, that hormone called leptin that we talked about. Leptin is our satiation hormone. So when we eat in a healthy individual, you eat a meal, your leptin fills up in your fat cells, and your brain's, when it gets to a certain point, your brain sees that leptin signal, that strong leptin signal, and it tells the brain, hey, I'm full. So it decreases your hunger hormone because you don't need to eat anymore. And it revs up your metabolism and your, your energy so that you start burning off your food, start burning those fuel stores. And then between meals, that leptin lowers down, the signal drops from the brain. And the brain says, oh, hey, you know, leptin, I don't see leptin, so I'm going to increase your hunger so you go find food. I'm going to slow down your metabolism so that we conserve energy until we do find food. And then you eat, your leptin goes back up, and the cycle continues. That's in a healthy individual. But when we are, have this metabolic dysfunction and our insulin's chronically high, that insulin blocks leptin signaling. So you may have tons of fat, which means you have tons of circulating leptin, which means your brain should be seeing leptin and that you should, shouldn't be hungry and you should be burning fat like crazy. But... Why aren't we? Because insulin is present and insulin blocks that leptin signal. So your brain's like, oh, I don't see any leptin. You must be starving. We keep revving up your hunger hormones, go eat and slowing down your metabolism because we need to conserve energy till we find another meal. So you're literally hungry, feeling low energy because your brain thinks you're starving. It's trying to conserve it. So you, you're feeling hungry and tired all the time. If you're a starving person, you don't want to be running a marathon. So we feel these feelings of you know, lethargy that promote more hunger, so or promote, promote more weight gain because we're tired and hungry all the time. So that biochemistry, the hormonal dysfunction is what's driving the, the lethargy and the, the wanting to eat those foods. And there's the addictive nature of the food, the reward system that plays into that too. That's a whole other thing that's having, driving us to eat more carbs and eat more sugar. And then we just continue that blood sugar roller coaster. We're crashing and craving. We're reinforcing this fat storage mode. This, and then that, we're reinforcing the pseudo starvation state. So it's just this perfect storm of things happening, all driven by excess sugar and carbs. Okay, so there's our recap. And you may be thinking, like Ellie, well, I'm not, I'm not eating that much sugar. And I want to reiterate that I am not just talking about candy and soda and desserts and sweet things. I'm talking about refined carbs. That's pasta and bread and pretzels and goldfish and oatmeal and things that spike your blood sugar that, that you may not be thinking of. And also there are hidden sources of sugar everywhere. There are over 56 different names for sugar so they can sneak it in the packaging and we don't even know it. So I want to do a quick meal comparison with you. Okay. So Pretend there's a day, you wake up and you don't have time to cook breakfast, so you run to work and someone brought donuts. So you have a donut and you have an eight ounce cup of Coke. And then you crash and you reach for a Snickers bar mid-afternoon, I mean mid-morning, and then you have a McDonald's hamburger and a small french fry for lunch. Then you have a cup of Coke with that. Then at dinner, you don't even eat dinner, you just have one cup of vanilla ice cream and two chips Ahoy cookies. Okay, that's your day. That's 140 grams of sugar. All right, so the next day you're like, I'm gonna do so well today. 
because I did so bad yesterday and I'm just going to eat so healthy. So you wake up and you have an order, you have a Chobani strawberry yogurt and a small bowl of raisin bran with skim milk and eight ounces of orange juice. For you reach for a snack before, you know, in mid morning for a oats and honey granola bar. And then at lunch, you do really well. You just have two cups of salad, romaine lettuce for a salad and fat free raspberry vinaigrette dressing. Then you have a cup of coffee in the mid afternoon with one of those little pods of coffee mate French vanilla fat free. And then for dinner, you have a bowl of whole wheat pasta with ragu sauce and an eight ounce glass of lemon iced tea. 144 grams of sugar in that day. So you ate more sugar on day number two than day number one with the donut and the Coke and the Chips Ahoy cookies. And so this is where it can be so confusing because, the, okay, the American Heart Association recommends 24 grams a day of added sugar for a woman and 36 grams a day for a man. So that's that day that looks healthy, like quote unquote healthy, was five times the limit for a woman and four times that for a man. And so this is where we really have to start paying attention. And so real quick recap, why do we gain weight and have low energy? Too many, too much sugar and carbs and the high insulin. We got to get our insulin down. So how do we get out of fat storage mode and reverse insulin resistance and type two diabetes? I just said it. We've got to get our blood sugar down and we've got to get our insulin down. How do we do this? Well, just stop eating so many refined carbs and sugar. All right. Well, as I just showed, it's really, that's way easier said than done because one, it's hidden everywhere and it's sneaky. And then also it is addictive. So, you know, just telling you to stop, that's like asking a smoker, okay, just stop smoking or, you know, a cocaine addict or a meth addict to just stop doing drugs. Like it's way easier said than done. And sugar is shown to be eight times as addictive as cocaine. And it lights up that same pleasure center of the brain. The neural, the nucleus acumens is that same pleasure center that gets hit with all, you know, addictive drugs and gambling and shopping and things like that, that, that hit. And then it lights up other areas of the brain as well. And the thing is that we are biologically programmed to love sugar. Sugar in nature was a sign that something was safe to eat, but we have stripped nature's packaging of the fiber and the nutrients, and we've concentrated the sugar, and that's what's really backfired on our health. And we get withdrawal symptoms. You know, when we stop eating it, we crave it. And our bodies, we literally have physical. I know when I got off sugar, I did it pretty much cold turkey, and I felt hungover. I felt fatigued for like two weeks because I didn't have guidance and I just, you know, kind of stopped and it was hard. And so, and things like sugar, you know, can be harder to overcome than things like drugs because, and I'm not discounting drug addiction at all, but we have to eat. We have to, you know, make choices, most of us about three times a day and with all the hidden sugar everywhere and with the cravings and with the availability and the constant bombardment of advertisements and people bringing in the donuts and food pushers. And there's like so many elements that we, it's like, you're constantly hit with like being, if you were a cocaine, like being presented cocaine 
at every, and encouraged to do it, eat it at every turn. And so it's hard and to acknowledge that and just to, to know that there's a, there are strategies to help. And that's what I'm about to share with you. Um, and the typical diet mentality though, would be for me to just tell you, stop eating it. Just, you know, eat less of it, move more, um, feel deprived and restricted. And what does that do? I know for me and for most of my clients and their history, it, it leads to beating themselves up and then eating more of it, restricting themselves for a temporary period of time and then just binging. And it's not sustainable. So what I want to share with you are three strategies to help you get off the blood sugar roller coaster and start get into that fat burning mode so you can reverse the insulin resistance, the diabetes, or prevent it, reduce the inflammation, but without feeling deprived or like you're hungry all the time. And yeah, so this is to be sustainable and easy. Okay, so the number one thing we'll start off with is focusing on what you get to eat. Okay. Number two is mindfulness, checking your labels. And number three is simple sugar swaps. So we're going to start with number one, focusing on what you get to eat. So first of all, the diet mentality is so much focused on like what to cut out, what to deprive yourself of, what shouldn't you eat, quote unquote. So I want you to reverse this and change the mantra to what do I eat? Like, what do I eat? What do I want to fuel my body with? What do I get to eat? Okay. And kind of trading the mantra for like, I get to eat high energy foods that make me feel amazing. And to start focusing on what to add to your plate and even noticing the verbiage. Like if you go to a party or something and you're, you know, someone offers you a cookie, notice versus, you know, trade out that I can't have for like, yeah, I can have it, but like, I don't want that. Or I choose not to eat that because the, I can't have, it's a subtle shift, but that fuels that rebel part of us, that toddler in us that's just like, oh, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. You're not going to tell me what to do. And then it just like creeps in and eventually we swap. So if you can just be like, no, an empowered choice, like I can eat this cookie. I can have a box of cookies if I want to. But right now, like that's not what I choose for myself. Okay. So that's side note. <laughs> but focusing on what you get to eat. So starting to focus on what to add to your plate. The main thing is eating real food. So you know, if you can eat real food, the outer perimeter of the grocery store, that is going to set you up for a, a big change, eliminating most of the packaged foods, okay? But I want to get really specific here because I know that's pretty vague. So we want to create, our goal is to create all day stable blood sugar levels, which gives us like high energy all day long. We don't crash and we're not craving, okay? So number one is focusing on adding fiber, healthy fat, and protein. We'll start with fiber. Fiber is what helps to slow down the blood sugar absorption and helps reduce the blood sugar spike. So that's the difference between drinking a glass of orange juice, which has basically stripped all the fiber out, and eating six oranges. Could you just sit there and eat six oranges in a sitting? Probably not. You may be really, really full afterwards, and that's because of all the fiber. It helps create that satiation signal where when you drink a cup of or a cup of sugar, I mean, sorry, <laughs> drink a cup of orange juice, you're concentrating all that sugar, you're stripping the fiber and you're getting that huge blood sugar spike. So the fiber is what helps us stay full. The fiber is what helps slow down so we we don't get this huge spike, it's a moderate spike or um, more level surge so we don't get a huge surge of insulin and we don't get shunted into this fat storage mode and promote the, that dysregulation. 
And I don't mean, you know, when I say eat more fiber, I don't mean the processed cereals that say they've been fortified and added fiber or a bunch of like fiber added bread. Cause usually those are all just refined carbs with a bunch of supplements and things. So we want to focus on real sources of fiber. So that, what that looks like, one serving of fiber would look like one cup of raw vegetables or one half cup of cooked vegetables, a cup of whole fruit. So not dried or canned. Dried fruit tends to be highly loaded with sugar. So again, none of this is like never eat a piece of dried fruit. Like absolutely, you can have some. It's just like be mindful. And when we're talking fiber, you're going to get a better source out of a cup of whole fruit without the big sugar load. Okay. To be clear. And a quarter cup of cooked beans or cup of beans, one ounce of nuts, one ounce of seeds, an ounce of dark chocolate, 70% or greater cacao content is a great source of fiber. Um, and if you're making like smoothies or shakes or things like that, adding in, you can add in supplement fiber like psyllium husk. They do like ground psyllium husk. You can buy that at health food stores or ground flaxseed meal is another great way to get some fiber in. So that's one, those are each an example of one serving of fiber. I would you know, ideally shoot for 10 servings of fiber a day. And that, you know, right now you're only getting like one serving of fiber a day, then see where you're at, where your baseline is, and then up level. So like, okay, well this week I'm going to get three a day and then start focusing on adding one in at each meal, you know, and then work your way up to 10 if 10 sounds like a lot, but I'm going to show you what 10 would look like in a day. So you can, you know, cause it may sound like what, that's a lot, but it really isn't that much. So if we can start say for breakfast, you had an omelet with a cup of cooked spinach and half a cup of chopped onions and peppers cut into that. And then you ate that with half of an avocado and a half a cup of blueberries. So that would be three, three sources right there of fiber. Then for a snack, maybe you had a handful of macadamia nuts and an ounce of dark chocolate. That's two, that's two fiber servings there. And then for salad, I mean, sorry, for lunch, you have a salad and with a base of two cups of romaine veg, romaine lettuce, that would be two servings right there. And then any added vegetables would be bonus. And then for dinner, say you had a side of roasted Brussels sprouts, a quarter cup of black beans, and some cauliflower mashed potatoes. That would be three sources right there. So that in a day would be your 10 sources of fiber. So just start, you know, getting, like making this fun. Like where can I add my fiber? And um, using things like that, avocados, like I love guacamole, so I pretty much add that to everything for extra sources. So start just playing and making sure to identify that every time you eat, like where's my fiber here? All right, number two, eat healthy fat. All right, y'all, so fat has been so criminalized and, you know, we've been preached that fat is so bad and fat is the driver of heart disease and this is so, so not true. And I want to say not all fat is created equal. So there are a lot of fats out there that are promoting inflammation and not the best for your body, but we're talking about healthy fats and I'm going to describe what some of those are for you. But what fat does is it, you know, to be a fat burner, we've got to eat healthy fat. And fat gives you that really long, sustainable energy between meals where you're not getting hungry all the time. And I noticed it was the first time I really felt full when I was eating good, healthy fat meals. It's just crazy how much less you eat because you're just, you're full and you're not thinking about food and it gives you, it satisfies those satiation signals in your brain. And 
what happens with, especially for people with type two diabetes or insulin resistance or obesity, there's, that's, this is where ketogenic diets can be so therapeutic, even if just for a temporary period of time. And, you know, certain people will be just completely thrown out of the water, like no keto is bad, but like for certain people, it can be so therapeutic. And the reason for this, if you can see the slide that I have, so we carbs, we get this huge insulin spike, refined carbs, and carbs are different for individuals too, but generalizing here, carbs, we get a big insulin spike, protein, we get a moderate spike, um, and then fat, hardly any insulin effect. And so when you're in a state of, you've got fatty liver, and you've got you know really bad type 2 diabetes, high, high blood sugar, the main thing is getting the insulin down. And how do we do that is by fueling with healthy fats and really moder moderating or really limiting the carbohydrate intake, um, moderate protein and getting the healthy fat so that we can stay, keep the blood sugar stable, keep that insulin down and feel satiated and not hungry all the time. Okay. So, so what are healthy fats? So we've got coconut, coconut oil, olive oil, things like animal fats that are from sustainably raised animals can be great cooking fats like duck fat, um, macadamia nut oil, We've got avocados, olives are great, nuts and seeds are great. Um, things like wild fatty fish, like sar sardines are some of my favorites. You buy boneless, skinless sardines. I'm a, a lot of you know that I'm obsessed and I am a big advocate for those. They're easy and they're good. And if you, I'm not a huge fish person and I used to turn my nose, I'm like, ooh, sardines. But if you like tuna, you like sardines and there's way less of a toxin load because they're smaller fish and you don't get like that mercury content like you'd get in a big tuna. So great swap. Um, tuna's also okay in, in moderation buying the, the wild, you know, wild caught, sustainably raised. Anyways, that's a tangent. So back to fats, we've got dark chocolate's a great healthy source of fat. And so starting to add these in, like see where your healthy fats are. And ghee, so ghee is clarified butter. It's from a grass-fed cow. And what this is, is it's, it, cooks like butter. It tastes like butter. It is butter, but it's clarified. They drop out the um, and potentially inflammatory milk solids. So if you've got any dairy issues with the casein protein or lactose, um, that this is free of that. And it can, it's delicious and an amazing cooking fat, an amazing profile of fat. Ghee is awesome. So um, that you can find it at any of the stores now, pretty much sell it. And I, yeah, or if you tolerate dairy well, you could do a, just a grass-fed butter, and that's a great, butter's great for cooking fat. So, and I also have a guide, if you want it, just hit me up in an email or a DM, and I'll send it to you for which ones to cook with, which at high temps, low temps, and just a guide for you. Awesome, so get your healthy fats in. Number three, protein. So, protein helps balance our blood sugar and helps us feel satiated longer. It gives us that longer lasting energy. So to make sure that you're getting good quality protein at each meal, and like if you're snacking, if you're eating a carby snack, pair it with some protein, help satiate you, help balance your blood sugar. So most of us think protein, meat. So thinking like best sources, grass fed beef, sustainably raised poultry, chicken, turkey, um, free range, antibiotic free eggs, fresh fish, you know, wild caught fish like the sardines or salmon, things like that. Nuts and nut butter are amazing sources of protein. And 
vegetables. So a lot of us are always like, we think like protein meat, but so many vegetables have great protein. If you think about Popeye, like with the spinach, spinach is a great source. So spinach, asparagus, kale, hubarb, squash, collard greens, and Brussels sprouts are all great vegetables with some good protein in them. Things like sea vegetables are great. Um, you can also seeds, so like hemp seeds, flax, chia, pumpkin seeds are all awesome sources of protein. And then, you know, doing things like a protein shake. I would, you know, for if you looking for ones that are non-dairy, non-soy, if you've got any issues around that, looking for um, a healthy protein shake. So that can also be an option to get in some protein or like the vital protein, vital proteins, collagen peptides, things like that, supplements you need help getting your protein in. Awesome. So number one strategy to help balance your blood sugar is really to start focusing on what can I add to my plate? Fiber, fat, healthy fat, and protein. So start looking at that when you're building your plate. See if you can identify those things versus focusing so much on like, what do I have to remove? Like, what do I, what can I add? What can I, what do I get to eat? What things do I like that I get to eat? Okay. Number two strategy is to be mindful. Start checking your labels for sugar versus focusing so much on like calories, like really focusing on where's sugar sneaking in here. And as I mentioned earlier, sugar is not bad, but it is a recreational drug. And this is from like Dr. Mark Hyman. We've gone from eating 22 teaspoons a year as cavemen to 22 teaspoons a day on average. Breakfast cereal is 75% sugar. So we shouldn't be calling it breakfast. We should be calling it dessert. And reiterating that this is not just soda and candy, but the refined carbohydrates like a bowl of Cheerios. Even if it's the unsweetened ones, they basically just break down in your body like sugar. There's literally nothing. I don't think they have any fiber. And it's just instantly you eat them and it's sugar spike. Okay, so really paying attention here. And I want to go through a couple of products because there are hidden sources of sugar everywhere, but a couple of like main things that I see on the shelves, it's crazy. Okay, so one thing, vitamin water, sounds super healthy. 31 grams of sugar in a bottle. A Snickers bar has 30 grams of sugar. So you're, you're getting the same amount of sugar you would if you were eating a Snickers. And at least with the Snickers, you're getting some nuts, some protein in there. With the vitamin water, it's liquid sugar. So it's spiking your blood sugar straight to the top things like this one like stony field organic fat-free vanilla yogurt 25 grams of sugar that's more sugar than a pack of starburst which is 22 grams of sugar so really checking your labels yogurt's a big one that has a lot of added sugar sometimes um the silk berry vanilla soy milk or you'll see like almond milk check those labels because they a lot of times have added sugar this like the classic silk vanilla milk, 15 grams of sugar per cup. That's more than a giant pixie stick, which only has 13 grams of sugar. Things like raisins. One cup of raisins is 86 grams of sugar. Yo, you could eat three Snickers bars with the same sugar hit. And I don't want you to think like, oh, I can never eat a raisin again. But it's just to, hey, be mindful. Like, they're, just because they're fruit doesn't mean that they're free-for-alls and just to can eat as many as you want with no effect. Like just, Hey, like they're, they're kind of concentrated with sugar, things like dates and figs. I know this is a big thing for me when I got off like processed sugar, 
that was one of my like, ooh, dried fruit. And I would binge on dried fruit and got cravings for it. And so I want you to avoid the mistakes that I made by being able to be aware that they are still loaded and to just to be mindful with them. If you're going to eat them, pair them with some nuts, pair them with some extra fiber and protein to help keep your blood sugar balanced. And yeah, just be aware. Tonic water. Tonic water is another one that I used to, I never knew it had as much sugar as it does. 32 grams of sugar per 12 ounce can. That's more than a Butterfingers, which only has 29 grams of sugar. So one can of tonic water and you could have eaten a Butterfinger. So be mindful of that. Oh my gosh, these naked drinks. That's the next one. Naked, those like, you'll see like naked juices, green machine. It looks super healthy. 53 grams of sugar. You could eat two Snickers bars. A bag of Skittles has 46 grams of sugar. So one naked drink. I see these at the airport and I see people buying them and I just, I'm like, oh, I want to go up to you and just be like, wait, real quick. Do you know? Because it, it's sad. It, it looks so healthy, but it's really not. And so the, the message here is to, especially if something's marketed as healthy, like extra alert. If it's fat-free, extra alert. Check the label for your sugar grams, for the carbs, and see if you can find you know, alternatives that have less sugar, more fiber, more protein. So just be mindful. Be aware. All right. Number three strategy, the simple sugar swaps. This is my favorite because I crowned myself the sugar queen. If you go to my Instagram, I love swaps. I mean, sugar swap queen. Um, this is just incorporating lateral shifts so that you don't feel deprived. Because so many times we think, you know, I've been there where it's like, oh, well, only, all I'm going to be able to eat is boiled chicken and, and broccoli every day. Like that's going to be sustainable wrong. You know, you don't have to feel deprived. There's so many swaps now, especially with the paleo movement and the keto movement. It's like people have come up with so many products that, yeah, they may not, a lot of them may not be the healthiest thing in the world, but they are up levels. It's like, this is better than this. So let's shift the needle in that direction. That's another thing, releasing the perfectionism of it. And you know, a lot of times it's like, well, if it can't be perfect, then why bother? hey, the little steps is what leads to massive transformation. So it's starting to move, you know, where am I at? How much sugar am I taking in? Where are my biggest hitters? Maybe it's like the naked drinks and stuff. Like what can I swap instead? So I'm not getting such a big load. All right, so making the simple sugar swaps, let's go through some of them. And if you in the future have any, need any swap ideas, please reach out. This is like the most fun thing for me to find. Okay, so... I love this one. It's the veggie noodles. So swapping out your pasta for spiralized zucchini or yellow squash, or they do butternut squash noodles, beet noodles. Um, there's a thing called a veggetti. It's $9.99. You get it on Amazon. So easy. Cause, and now they've got pre-spiralized noodles at pretty much every grocery store. But I know like for cost effectiveness, if you, this veggetti is so easy. You just basically put your Zucchini in, twist, and it's instant noodles. You can saute them, boil them, however you want to cook, prepare them. That's an amazing swap. And then things like, oh, there's another brand called Hearts of Palm. Palmini is what the brand is. It's Hearts of Palm Pasta. It's like two grams of net carbs, 
they're much hardier noodles. They're like linguine. So if you're, if veggie noodles aren't cutting it for you, these are awesome. Like they're so much hardier and they really feel like you're eating noodles. I've made fed it like cauliflower Alfredo with it. It's so good. So if you want a link for that, it's called Palmini. I'll put it in the show notes. They're awesome. Okay. Swapping candy for, or like chocolate for dark chocolate. And if you're somebody who is like, oh, I don't like dark chocolate, give it a chance. It's like eat it maybe a cup every, like for a week instead of your normal chocolate. And it's crazy how quickly your palate will change. And that you'll go back to the old chocolate and be like, this is so sweet. So just give it a chance. Let your palate kind of adjust to it. As you get off sugar, your taste buds will change so much. It's insane how much sweeter stuff gets when you stop eating like the processed crazy, super stimulating foods that are engineered to highlight your palate. So you start getting back to real food and it's like your taste buds awaken. It's amazing. Okay. Anyways, for dark chocolate, 70% or greater cacao is what to look for. Things like ice cream swaps. So, so delicious, dairy-free, no sugar added ice cream is an awesome swap. This is another one. Again, give it a couple tries. If at first it's not like your favorite thing, because it will grow on you. Um, and it's really good. It's such a good swap. They sell this most anywhere. Just be aware with the labels too, because they do have some flavors that have extra sugar. Look for the ones with the turquoise tops. All right. Dressings. Primal Kitchen Dressing is one of my favorite go-tos. It's an amazing dressing brand. Things that like using like salsa or guacamole as dressing. Dressing is just one of those places where they sneak in sugar, especially like if it's raspberry vinaigrette, strawberry vinaigrette, um, anything fat free probably has added sugar. So always can opt for like, if you're out dining out, like olive oil and vinegar or olive oil with just squeeze some lemon and black pepper is really great. So just swapping those things out. Other things to watch out for are that typically have hidden sugar are peanut butter, almond butter, pasta sauces like ragu and prego. Watch out for those. They have a lot of added sugar. Ketchup. Soy sauce is a big one. Great swap for soy sauce is coconut aminos. So good. You can find it pretty much anywhere now, and it's an awesome swap for soy sauce. Things like paleo pancakes. So I have a recipe for you guys if you want it. Just hit me up on Instagram. And also, the Birch Bender's paleo pancakes are made from cassava flour and almond flour. They're so easy. You literally just add water, throw them in the pan. I add cinnamon and vanilla extract and sometimes dark chocolate chips or blueberries, but you can make them straight up and they taste great. So that's a thing, paleo pancakes. Um, I have this chocolate cake recipe I've made multiple times. It's with coconut flour and almond flour and cacao and dark chocolate, and it's so good. You'd never know it was paleo or that it was lower carb, higher fiber, higher, higher protein. So things like this, y'all, it's so... You, it's just these simple ingredient swaps. You can keep your recipes and just swap out the refined flours for almond flour or cassava flour, coconut flour, and then swapping out the sugar for, you know, maybe using monk fruit sweetener or, or a little bit of stevia with some, you know, mindful amounts of maple syrup or honey or coconut sugar, which is lower glycemic. So it's just learning these little swaps. And there's so many recipes online. And if you need anything, like, let me know. This Again, this is like one of my favorite things to do. Okay. And if you can take anything away from this talk, it's coming up. Swap out the liquid sugars. 
So I can't iterate this enough. Liquid sugars are one of the biggest drivers of all of this, especially like childhood obesity with all of the sports drinks and the Cokes and the juices. Gives us those instant sugar spikes, puts us on the roller coaster. So let's swap out. So examples of this, swapping your Red Bull for things like, um, you know, if you need an energy drink, my one of my favorites is called Runa. You'll find that at any like Whole Foods or or Publix. No, actually Publix doesn't have it, but um, Sprouts has it. It's, it's um, caffeinated or it's guayusa tea, carbonated guayusa tea with lime. It's a great swap for Red Bull. Um, things like club soda, sparkling water, flavored thing like, you know, LaCroix, the flavored LaCroix, or fruit infused water. Put in some cucumber and mint. Feel like you're at a spa, you know, make a big picture, or just water itself. If you're a big soda drinker, a great like segue to help get you off is something called Zevia. It's sweetened with stevia, so it won't spike your blood sugar. And um, a lot of my clients, it's a really great transition piece, especially if you're like hooked on Diet Coke. Um, my clients, the two flavors they like the most are the ginger ale and the um, the root beer. And if the ginger ale is too sweet for you, you can always cut it with some sparkling water and use that. So that's a great swap. Tomato juice, another one. Um, if you're somebody who drinks Starbucks like Frappuccinos, I was this person, okay? I used to get the caramel Frappuccino with extra pumps of caramel and extra pumps of, um, of milk, of extra creamy. And I now love black coffee. So if I can be, if I can swap, you can swap, but I don't, you don't have to go to black coffee, um, but you can swap the creamer for, you know, if you're using half and half, swap to a full fat coconut cream. Um, nut pods is this creamer that I love. They've got hazelnut, French vanilla, they're unsweetened. If you do want it a little sweeter, you can add liquid stevia. It won't spike your blood sugar and it will, it doesn't have that aftertaste that like powdered stevia has. And, or I mean, you can use honey if you need something sweetened or not a fan of stevia, but it's just knowing how much you're using, you know, being mindful of it, maybe start to wean down. If you're using a, like a ton of sugar right now, get aware of where that baseline is and start moving the needle. And maybe tomorrow you only have one thing, one spoon. And it's going to be, you know, as I said, your palate changes. So it may not be your favorite thing right away, but as you continue to do it, give it a week and notice that you go back to how you were doing it. And it's like, Oh my gosh, this is so sweet. So I, you don't have, know how many clients I've had that now drink black coffee. And I don't even, some of them are like, Ellie, I'm not giving up that. And I'm like, you don't want to. It's okay. But then they end up doing it. And they're like, I can't believe I like was, had, was so wrapped in my head around this. And it, it's so much is mental. So just, you know, give yourself time to adjust. Anyways, okay. Now alcohol swaps. So wine and beer and cranberry cocktails. It doesn't mean you can never have a beer again or never drink a glass of wine or anything. It's just, again, being mindful and maybe swapping some of those for vodka sodas, tequila soda with lime, um, things like Bloody Marys. You can make yourself. Watch out because a lot of those mixes have, like the pre-made mixes have sugar added. So you can make your own with tomato juice and spices and um, yeah, doing low-carb cocktails are great swaps. So if you're right now drinking 10 glasses of wine a week, Maybe swap half of those for vodka soda and then use the, or like spiked seltzers. So summer's coming. If you're drinking a lot of beer, 
can you switch some of those to spike seltzers like truly and white claw which are one or two grams of carbs and sugar and just such a great swap to help keep your blood sugar stable also things like hot tea or herbal teas um, you can do things like vanilla or cinnamon sweet they taste sweet but they're not sweet they're great so start incorporating some of these liquid sugar swaps Recap of these three strategies to get off the blood sugar roller coaster and to really start burning fat, get your insulin down, get into this fat burning mode. So number one, focus on what you get to eat. What can I add to my plate? Fiber, healthy fat, and protein. Start checking your labels for sugar and then start making these lateral shifts, these simple swaps. If you need ideas, check out my Instagram at mindfulbelly, hit me up. If you need to swap, like, please ask because I'm sure a million people want the same thing and I would love to be able to share that with you guys. So please reach out. And if you want those recipes, email me, I'll shoot them over to you. No problem. And if you're somebody who is struggling with sugar addiction and is just like needs help, please reach out and we'll have a strategy session. See if we'd be a good fit for working together because I know the support and accountability can just make all of the difference in the world and you following through for yourself. And you don't have to do it alone. I wish so badly that I had known about coaching. Um, it's not shameful to ask for help. Um, this isn't easy. And, but it can be, right? It can be easy and it can be fun. And so just to one day at a time, know that you have a support system if you need it. And I have so much love for you guys. And I hope this was helpful. Next part three is going to be um, kick the sugar habit part three is just going to be a couple strategies for your conquering cravings, helping to mitigate some of those cravings that may come on as you transition off of sugar. So we'll dive into that next episode. But again, I love you. Let me know if you have any questions and see you soon. Bye.